Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Great to have the man of the moment on the line, Stephen Elka. It's Masters Week, and while all eyes are on Tiger Woods, it was another one of our favourite golfers getting the job done this week on the Champions Tour. Steve Elka cashed a very nice check, getting his second win on the tour in Mississippi. This was his third top five finish in five tournaments this year, and he hasn't finished outside the top 20, showing that every, what every golfer wants, a high level of consistency and determination. And Steve is on the line with us now out of Arizona. Good morning, Steve. How are you, bud? Morning. How are you doing? All right? Oh, very well. Very, very well. And it's great to have you on the show because earlier on the week, the text machine was going ballistic with... Uh, Steve Elka um, getting, you know, leading the tournament, shooting a, a you know course record, and and just putting yourself into positions to to win the tournament, and then you get the job done, mate. So, tell us about the last yeah. weekend in Mississippi. Well done, congratulations. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah, you know, obviously we've it's our schedule is kind of a bit sporadic at the moment, so it's we've had three weeks mm. off, so. I kind of went in uh, fresh, you know, off a kind of three-week run and then, um, you know, just a little bit of practice and kind of working really hard on the short game, you know, putting and chipping, that's kind of everything with uh, with golf, really. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it just kind of clicked over the weekend. I just kind of got into my stride and, and made a few more putts and, and worked out nicely. So, so look, I'm, look, I'm coming off about a three or four week break from the golf game. I haven't chipped or I haven't putted anything, um, but yourself. So what, what were those little things uh, that you were able to uh, to get right? So you didn't, were you hitting like thousands of ball every day or were you just doing little bits every now and then to keep the flow, uh, the feeling nah. kind of there? Like what was the secret? Yeah, well, I'm an old guy now, so I don't have any, as many balls as I used to. Uh, so I kind of knocked that on the head a little bit. And uh, But I tend to work out more on the body. I kind of do a lot more fitness than I used to. And uh, nice. and just a lot of short game. As I said, I um, I worked really hard mm. on my putting because it was a bit scratchy um, You know, the, the last three weeks I played. So um, just kind of small things, you know, like just working on my setup and getting my routine set. And, and just um, 
and just kind of dialing in on, you know, um, on speed really. So, you know, just really small tweaks and that was the difference. And that was kind of holding me back a little bit. And, you know, my short game was good. You know, I didn't make any bogeys. So when I missed a green, um, you know, I, I was getting up and down. So all those little things kind of help and, and um, you know, keeps the, keeps the score down, which is great. Steve, congratulations on your win. If Izzy's coming off a three-week layoff for golf, I'm coming off about a three-decade <laughs> one, mate. So um, I, I hear you when you talk about short games and putting and stuff like that. Just talking a little bit about yeah. your body and the resilience um, and the importance of making sure that you're in top shape to get these wins. Just take us through, like, you know, from a from a yeah, you know, we we used to collision sport and recovering. Take us through yes. your recovery after a, after a, you know, eighteen holes. What's that entail? Yeah, um, again, I mean eating because uh, you know obviously we're out there, and I try to eat on two or three times on the way around. But afterwards, I always like to eat, you know, pretty soon. Um, and I always finish up with some stretching. Like we're we're very fortunate; we have trailers out here, and we can we have access to you know, physical trainers and chiros. So getting some stretching, be a little bit of chiro, anything like that, uh, just a nice warm down. In the evening, I always, I, I travel with my uh, foam roller. I, I can't, you know, live without that thing. So it's kind of like my on-road masseuse, you know. So I always always use that in the evening. And I kind of feel like I, I always wake up now, like, refreshed and ready to go and, and not too many aches and pains. So um, that's that's pretty big for me. But, um, yeah, you know, you know, and then you know, off season is just kind of the harder work. So, but yeah, week in week out, I'm kind of doing that when I'm on the road. Beautiful, beautiful. We're gonna we're gonna talk shortly about Tiger Woods and what's he's about to embark on at Augusta. You'd know uh, full well the the strenuous uh, you know things that will be going through his body when he takes that uh, opportunity on. But quickly before we get to there, I want to just ask you a quick question about your your career. So your career, you, you played in the PGA Tour, and you weren't able to, you know, get the success that you are you are getting at the moment. Like for you, with what you're, you know, uh, you're creating right now, you're creating a life, and you and you're creating wins. You're getting that winning feeling. You're getting money in the in, in the wallet, lots of it, as I must say. But like, is this is this life defining for you? And what, is there something that you are able to? notice that you're doing now that you weren't able to do when or you weren't doing when you were playing on the PGA Tour? Is there something that you can pinpoint yeah, it to? Yeah, no, good, good question, mate. I mean, um, you know, first of all, it, it is a second career for me. It's, it's kind of a second wind and, mm. and you know, I, I want to take advantage of that. So, you know, just working a bit harder and, and, and trying to do the right things. But, you know, it's it, it's amazing how it's kind of I don't feel as much pressure out there and um, I think I'm more mm. relaxed. I mean, that, that, that's the biggest thing. It's not, not in terms of the golf game because it's always going to be been there and I've kept playing and I've stayed competitive. So not a lot has changed. And obviously it's got better and it's clicking and it's all great. But I, I think just uh, just having the freedom and, the, and, and being more relaxed and, um, you know, I'm, I'm still intense out there and doing my stuff and want to win. But mm. um, I, I think just the whole atmosphere um, has changed and I'm more relaxed and, and that's been a huge contributing factor to to some of the success you know so but these guys are good i mean they can nice. still play so you know that going out mm. you, you got to shoot you know at least four or five under a day maybe six some some venues so if, if you want to win you still got to golf your ball but um you're definitely more relaxed for sure yeah. oh, it sounds like the focus is is 
you know, come a long way, Steve, and, and I really take my hat off to you for that. Moving on, moving into the, the majors this weekend, um, you know, it's all been about Tiger Woods and you know, Cam Smith yeah. and how he how he came out of his last tournament. You know, I think he's paying fourteen dollars, fifteen dollars at the moment as a favourite. Where do you see the the top players lying at the moment? Surely you must be talking about um, who who will be going into this as as some of the favourites. You you got anyone in mind? Yeah, I and mean, people have asked me, and I haven't been following social media too much. I mean, if I missed. Something, is Tiger actually confirmed he's playing yet, or is he still preparing? Steve, I'm, I'm a little bit Steve, out of the loop. Stay there, Steve. Listen to this. This will answer your question. Uh, hold on, we're gonna we're gonna t- play exactly what Tiger reckons he can do. Well, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play. As of right now, um, I'm gonna play nine more holes tomorrow. Um, uh, my recovery has been good. I've been very excited about how I've recovered each and every day, and that, that's been the, the the challenge. That's why I came up here and, and tested out for 27 holes because we, we played the par three course. Charlie couldn't help himself, um, so was able to play uh, 27 holes that day um, and at home testing it. But it's the recovery. You know how how am I going to get all the you know, swelling out and recover for the next day? And uh, my team has been fantastic and worked very hard. Um, so we've got another day of nine more holes and uh, then come game time. You've said countless times throughout your career that you don't enter a golf tournament unless you think that you can win it. Mm-hmm. So the question is simple. Do you think you can win the Masters this week? I do. Dang. There you go. There you go, Steve. He's confirmed it. What, what do you think? Well, you know, it's, it's amazing. The guy is amazing because, uh, you know, to get to the situation where he is right now, you know, after what's happened is, is incredible and a one. But, you know, don't put it past him. And, you know, it sounds like he's going to play. Mm. And obviously, you know, I think, you know, when he does something like this, he puts his mind to it, he's going to, he's going to do it. So, um, but, but as he said, he's right you know, at the nail on the head. It's, it's all about his recovery and, and getting around the course and, um, you know, what were the lack of preparation in terms of competition hurt? I don't think so. T- Tiger's got so mm. much uh, in his memory bank in terms of like winning and, and and preparation things like that. That you know it probably doesn't really matter to him that much. So mm. yeah, you know who knows? It wouldn't put it past the guy. It'd be a it'd be a um, amazing story. I mean it'd be just historical, really. Uh, but who else mm. do I like? Um, Cam Smith. I mean he's in good form. He's a great putter and pitcher and chipper of the ball. That's what you need around the Masters. Um, you know, you can't put it past Kipka. He's going to be all fired up for a major. He always is, you know. Um, it's just, you know, he hasn't played that great this year, I don't think. I haven't really been following him, but mm. he'll just come out blazing. Um, you know, so, I mean, and, and of course, n- number one, Scotty Scheffler's playing great. He's won three times. Um, he's kind of a yeah. cutter of the ball. So, Augusta, you know, you kind of need to work it both ways and maybe more of a draw, but you know, John Rahm, of course, he's, you know, he's pretty good around there. So, yeah, look for all those guys. They'll, they'll be right up there. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you you took nail on the head there with how you play Augusta. Chipping, putting, and short game needs to be right on. The greens there are lightning quick. I uh, really appreciate your time on the show, Steve Alka. Congratulations on all your success. Just before I let you go, uh, are you turning left or are you turning right on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Do I have to answer that? <laughs> no, 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 you don't have to answer that, mate. I just have a little tongue-in-cheek. We had Paul Cole on, and he's he's turning left now because he's winning. So I'm just like, mate, Steve Elk is turning left all the time now. He's winning. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Hey, congratulations, mate. Appreciate your time on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And congratulations, and all the best for the rest of the season. Keep it up, and uh, everyone here in New Zealand are extremely proud of you. Our text machine flies when you're when you're there or thereabouts on the golf world. So thanks for flying the flag and, and all the best. Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. That's so yes. good, is he? She <laughs> so... was like, what do I say here? Am I going to be out of my bay? Just say, look, I always turn left. Now I've said it to Paul Cole. He always messages me. He's, you see him tweet about the jet. He says, I'll fire up my own jet last night. He's, he's on the one. He's on one old Paul Cole. Uh, and, so and... Steve Alk is making... Tw- 20 times more than him. And here we go on Q Kempi a league reference about second class citizens. Yeah, mate, kettle class. Don't worry. Kempi's <laughs> oh, eyes are rolling very, back in his Very, very rarely we hopped on a plane and turned left. Okay. It's like clockwork around here. Uh, that's so good. And do you know what? Good on him. Uh, I just took down a mm. quote. It's a second win for me, a second career, and I want to take advantage of that. It's amazing. I don't feel as much pressure out there. I'm more relaxed. And... So that, that's cool. one mm. thing to be able to get there, but then the second thing, Kempi, to be able to recognise that and embrace it and then capitalise and maximise off it, right? Yeah, it was it was like listening um, to a little bit of history, you know, like he was when he was talking, he was he was saying without saying it, well, this is what I never done when I was when I was playing. Like I I didn't take the time to eat properly when I was when I was playing. I didn't take the time to warm down, mm. stretch, get my body right spend the time mentally um, to get these wins. And, and now that he does it, he's having some success. Bang on. And he's embracing it and he's laughing about turning left on the plane. And he just had to throw that little... <laughs> had to throw that one in Sorry. there. It, nah, it's great. It's great. That's our promo, mate. That is brilliant stuff. Steve Alka, what a legend. In eight days' time, we'll be at Cambridge Raceway for the Race by Grin, screaming our main man, Marky Purden, and our boy Self-Assured Home, as he tries to run over the top of them. It won't be easy, though, because the field is stacked, absolutely stacked, and that's because the slot holders have worked very hard to find themselves representatives that can take the cash. When it comes to supporting daring, horticulture, equine, sheep and beef, Hydroflow lead from the front, and Hydroflow also lead from the front in harness racing with Ken Brecken of Brecken Farms being a huge supporter of the industry, and the race is no different. So one of our competitors, yes, it's Hydroflow, and Ken is on the line now, and he's going to give me a bit of help with my life sentence block. Morning, Ken. How are you, mate? Morning. Morning. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Where do, I, where, where do I start, Ken? Where, where do I start? Okay, so irrigation. Irrigation. I've had a fair <laughs> few problems. Um Yesterday, I'll tell you the story. Anyway, yesterday morning, I hit the pipe. I hit the pipe, uh, the pipe that comes, uh, that that gives me my town water supply, and it's gravity fed to my tank. You know, I've hit that, so I've hit pipes galore around my section. Just, just tell me when I'm, when when someone's, you know, building a lifestyle block. Do you recommend they take photos of where the pipes <laughs> are going and do a map layout, or, or, or anything you can kind of help me with there? It, it, exactly right, and I've got the same problem myself on the farm. Our water main's gone everywhere. <laughs> so I'm meant to be an expert. Do you think we can find the leaks? No show. So I would recommend it. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Oh. Okay, quick quick question. Here's one more question I've just been humming and hiring about because I live in Christchurch. She's very cold here. And so I've piped one of my troughs along the top of the ground. And obviously it's exposed to the elements. Do you recommend I trench it under under the ground so it doesn't freeze or will I be fine with uh with it being above ground and it won't freeze over and, and pop off? No, definitely definitely should bury it. It's it's probably a must. Um, <laughs> yeah, a must, mate. So it's another another problem you've given yourself. Oh, Not only that, the, okay. su- the sun will make it deteriorate in time as well. So I would say get out there with the best shovel, best spade, and start digging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the best bit That's of a hundred meter trench. That's yeah. the best bit of advice in there. <laughs> Put a few beers on for the boys. That's what I'd say. Get them round. <laughs> there's, there's two things. There's two things wrong with that, Ken. One, he's got short arms and long pockets, so there's no beers coming. Yeah. And two, yeah. I don't think we'll no ever mates. see Izzy on no the end mates. of a shovel. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no mates. <laughs> hey, anyway, let's move on. And that, let's move on, Kenny. We've we've gone. We've, I don't think anyone can help Izzy. He's on that lifestyle block for a reason. And uh, yeah, when the punishment's finally done, he'll 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 realise that there's no one that can help him. But he's got to go through it. Mm. Just tell us, Kenny. So why harness racing? What you know? What you what? What made you get into it? Well, look, I think uh, going right back in the day, a lot of our customers. Um, particularly in the farm sector, um, you know, farm source and farmlands and PGG rights. And a lot of those blokes are obviously involved in horses, have horses at home. So, um, and, and I think going right back to my grandfather was involved um, and my father's always loved horse racing. And um, we just saw harness racing, me and my late brother, as, as a way of you know, doing something a bit different. And we were mad on our sport. You know, we'd getting a bit old for bloody rugby and league and um, we thought, no, this will be great, you know, just getting out in amongst it and with a lot of mates and we got the bug with our first horse, Magera, and uh, it seems, seemed a, an easy game back then. We paid 35000 for it. It was a hard case story behind that, but she went on and became two-year-old of the year and dare I say we got the bug for the game and um, a lot of horses since and ended up buying a, buying a stud farm. So there oh, we go. So yeah. so we've we've got them running around everywhere with a lot of leaky nice, pipes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, you know you know the question then, Ken. You know the question. What have you got for us, mate? This week, have you got you obviously? If you've got a stud farm, you've got a form book. Is he? Is he need something to pay for that pipe? Well, look, I mean, let's talk about the big race. I mean, it's pretty exciting. We've got uh, two entrants in the race. We've got um, uh, Spankham uh, for our slot, and we're very excited about him. Uh, I think it'll come down to the draw. We've got South Coast Arden in there as well. Two two horses that are exceptional. And, uh, of course, the one to beat is that horse, Self Assured. I think you know a little bit about that. Um, but it'll be a great <laughs> race. And, and, and uh, what's fantastic about it, we've got um, horses now, two from Australia, or three from Australia. Yeah. So, you know, we all know that. The the Trans-Tasman rivalry, it's a, it's a great thing. So it's going to be a very, very exciting day and an exciting race. Mate, mate tell I, us I, about I, this race. Put your money it, on Spankham. Put this... your money on Spankham. <laughs> Spank, <yeah. laughs> Wash your mouth out, Spankham. <laughs> he's going to do it, but he's going to spank Our listeners, mate, about, about a handful of our listeners are going to get paid if... Uh, Self-assured wins, and we want to be—we're all about our listeners, so we want to get them paid, mate. Quickly, tell us what 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 a race like this, a slot race. What has this done for the industry, the harness racing industry, mate? In your in your eyes? 
Well, look, it's 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 quite novel. I mean, uh, having like in my case, a company actually buy a slot, it, it's been great for marketing. We got a lot of interest from our customers, uh, and, and hopefully they'll go out and buy more pipes and fittings. But um, it, it, it's just it, it's just novel that you. Well, well, mate. That Where do I start? <laughs> Have I got a deal for you? Um, but, but, <laughs> and, and you know, I think already. I mean, it's been a huge success in Australia. Um, you know, companies buying these slots, and it's just a great way, I think, of bringing new people into the industry. Um, great way to promote your promote your business, and um, and of course, you know, it it creates also a great stake. I mean, it now has become the biggest stake race uh, for New Zealand harness racing, so it's it's really exciting, and and I think that'll grow. You know, my understanding is, you know, they're expecting the stake to get over a million dollars next year, so it's fantastic for for harness racing anyway. Yeah, no, you, you're right, Ken, and, and it's been really heartwarming to see the harness racing community get behind it and kind of support it, all the top trainers, owners, breeders, um, you, you know, sponsors. It's been really, really cool to see. Uh, and, we, we, you know, it couldn't be a better fit, really, Hydroflow and uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, or especially Country Clueless, because you're the plumbing, rural and irrigation experts, and Izzy is the... Uh, opposite oh, so it's like a match made in heaven um like irrigation tinder hydroflow and country clueless and baznazi for breakfast so we appreciate your support and i'm sure we might have to get you on every once in a while just to to hear the latest drama from dagville and sort them out looking forward to it looking forward to it <laughs> awesome. and, all, and all the very best for that self-assured yes spank him too mate we'll see you down there at cambridge eh looking forward to it good on you guys Let's talk some netball, boys. Let's talk some netball. It turns out on Sunday it was all about thrilling finishes, and while the Chiefs and the Hurricanes were battling it out on the field, the Magic and the Pulse were going down to the wire on the netball court. Both games ended in a one-point victory, but it was the Pulse who came out on top in the ANZ Premiership to even the scores for the Capital. The final minute saw a trick shot, a circus-like balancing act, and one clutch long bomb. Amidst the drama was pole shooter and co-captain Tiana Maturado, and she joins us on the line now. Kia ora, Tiana. Morena. Kia ora. Kia ora. How are you doing? How are you doing? How's, it, how's the recovery been, yeah. and, and, and how's the you know, last couple of days been since that pulsating game against the Magic? <laughs> yeah, it's been good, filled with um, lots of recovery, but we had like an unexpected conditioning session yesterday, so I'm a bit sore today, but... So oh, everyone's on a high, <laughs> and just grateful that we got a win. Really, yeah. What do you have to do uh, in that conditioning session, and, and you know why it caught you off off guard? Obviously, you've just had a great win. You think you'd be able to relax? Is that the coach's plan to just keep you on edge and keep you on your toes? Yeah, yeah. We just just running. We just had to run um, <laughs> shuttles yesterday, which was never pleasant. Um, and like I remember before our first game, when Evette was out with COVID, my mum was coaching us and she threw in like a surprise Bronco before we were supposed to play, which was not nice. So um, it's not surprising to me that we had that yesterday, but no, everyone's doing good. The coach, Mr. Seniors, Tiana, just taking a little bit of uh, a little bit easy after that win on the weekend um, and just thought she'd <laughs> take it out of you and, and flog you and bring you back down to earth. Hey, I actually watched the game that last ninety seconds. Like, take us through it because mm. it didn't look like you had it, you know. And then all of a sudden, it was frantic through the midcourt and ended up down the other end of the 
other court before it flew back down your end. Um, just take it. What, what, what was going through your minds? Was, was any banter going on? It was just, oh, honestly, it was just, it was chaos, if anything. I remember, like you said, it was frantic, and for some reason, I never felt in the game that we were going to lose. But certainly, it was neck and neck that last 90. But um, it was just, you know, that shot by Bailey, like, backwards, and I feel like everything was just so unexpected, and it was just... Um, you know, lots of interesting things were happening. And then to think that we scored with, I believe it was seven or six seconds, um, was interesting to say the least because I felt like there were so many opportunities throughout the game where we could have um, pushed a lead out and then we couldn't. And so I, I, I guess it was just a relief, really, and um, that my buddy was able to score right from the edge of the circle, which I had full faith in there as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, look, like I said, it's great that we won. And that shot from Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, what about that shot from Bailey? That shot. Loki. (laughs) Oh, that was... (laughs) I remember looking at Wit, and I was just like, oh, my God, what's happening? (laughs) But, no, it was just... I remember um, Aaliyah and I went to chat to each other after the game, and when Aaliyah and I played together, together in 2018, she'd the same sort of, it was the last few seconds but she was playing for the Mystics at the time and she quickly did the shot quite similar and then we ended up losing so at that time when I saw that I was like no, please no I don't want to do that again <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it was one of those freakish things that you, you, as a fan you love to see it but as an opposition you're like what's yeah. going on but like yeah. You, you, I know. you got your things together, you got down the other end, and you got the rewards. Whereas a week before, I know you went down yeah. by one shot. So talk to us about that two-game stretch uh, for, for you. How uh, you know the, the two, who, how'd you find the two-game stretch of coaching? And then your mum. Your mum stepped in to, to help out on the coaching <laughs> scene. How was that? <laughs> was she into you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so funny because she only rips into me when I play really bad defense, which actually is quite often. So she she has a word to me, but um, she is her approach to coaching. I feel like is quite simplistic, and she um, actually doesn't talk to me as often. But I feel like that's because we're trying to establish like a um, that common ground where it's not bias and things like that. So, and also she's trying to help me develop as a player in this space. So that's sort of. Um, the interaction, the interactions between us two probably don't happen as often. But in terms of the just having her on board, it was quite funny. And I remember watching the replay, and there was like a, I think they had a camera close up of her, and it was just her yelling at me and Whitney, which was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the last two weeks I feel like have been really great challenges for us because we are quite a young team, and I think we're still learning. Um, just how to to close close out games, and there's definitely huge depth and potential. But I think last week last weekend was probably a little bit different to this weekend. I think we actually should have won last weekend, but like I said, I think um, the Mystics have had the experience and that showed in the last couple of minutes. And mm. um, I think we still need to develop in certain areas, but I think we're still. Um, we haven't reached our full potential yet, which is the most exciting part. So I'm looking forward to the next um, 
just the rest of the season, really, yeah. Yeah, growing and, and getting that hard nosed about your performance and, and not being afraid to, to, mm. to boot someone up the, the backside when they're not p- pulling their weight. That's as soon as, you, as soon as you guys do that, I can see he's taking another step. Just, just, yeah. I, I just want to sort of have a little bit of an education um, session here. When I used to play, when Izzy used to play, like we'd wake up. In the morning, we have like training in the morning. We have to go to the gym and do weights, and we at football all day, and they put mm-hmm. lunch on for us and all that sort of stuff. And then, and then we had kids, yeah, and we still did the same thing. We picked up our bags and walked out of the house and left the kids at home with the with the wife and and went on about our game. What about the what about the netballers? Like no one ever talks about the mothers that have kids playing in high yeah. performance teams and having kids sitting on the sideline while they're trying to parent at the same time as being a high-performing athlete. How does how do you guys cope with that? Because I could never think of anything worse than having my little son mm. or daughter sitting on the side. I took him to a game once, I lost to I thought I'd, that was it for me. But how do you guys actually cope with that? Because I couldn't be able to concentrate. Mm. Oh, look, I take my head off to the mothers in this game. I think I, we went on tour to um, England and KSMC brought their babies and it's just a lot of work and I couldn't imagine having to, you know, have something else to focus on um, as well as our job. So it's similar to, you know, the girls who, who study and things like that, just a lot going on on the outside. But um, I remember, I think, the first leg to Singapore, um, you know, some of the babies were upset and just nappy changes and things like that. And it was certainly not the most pleasant time for the mums, so... Well, I don't know how they do it, but they're like superwomen. So it's it's just, um, I think also we do we do have really good sort of um, processes in place, and we've got really great support systems for them. So and mm. particularly in other franchises too. So um, yeah, I think that's kind of one of the things that we're most grateful for for the mothers and also just students as well and the girls who work outside of netball or who teach and things like that, um, there's always that level of support for them. That's a great question, Kempi. It's something that probably never gets spoken about uh, very often with uh, you know the wahine tour in our game and when they're having to do a lot of travel around the world and, and our mothers. And we know how important our mothers are. I'm a mother's boy hard through and through, and I need my mum and I needed my mother. So, uh, you know, I take my hat off to to your girls and with what you've been able to do and being able to perform like that. So uh, it's awesome work. Uh, talk to us about putting the black uh, the black and yellow dress on again. I know you played for the Steel last year. How's that been for you? Is it, has it been an awesome moment in, in your career, getting back to Wellington and putting it back on? Yeah, it's been so cool. And I think it was just um, to be back with my really good friends and the, one who, and the ones that I've kind of gone through level with. I mean, I obviously started mm. at the post when I was really young and um, just mm. went down south for small game time last year, which I actually loved my time down south. Um, met the coolest people. They have such like a humble, hard-working culture at the field. And they, um, I think I really admired their tight-knit community because Invercargill was is quite small and they just lived and breathed netball. So I was really grateful for that. But um, to come home and also take on a leadership role was it's very humbling and I'm also really grateful that I've got such a great um, bunch of girls who support me and who can also take on um, tasks by themselves which I think is really critical so I've been um, really enjoying it and 
I've been co-captaining with Kelly and she's just on top of all the admin stuff and all of our compliance and COVID measures and things like that. And I just do all the yelling and talking on court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got to have a uh, balance and, and relationship like that. I absolutely love it. Hey, uh, we're going to exactly. let you go really shortly. Um, just before we do, you were in part. You're part of a Silver Fern set up last year, and uh, you had a bit of a taste for it. For you this year, w- w- what do you think you need to do so you can be a more uh, consistent uh, player when you get those opportunities for the uh, the Black Ferns and be, you know, part of that team week in week out? What was something that you are trying to do this year? If you're able to share it with us, oh, I think it's just about continuing to get fitter and stronger. I feel like that's always. Um, I feel like that's always kind of what people strive for and just as a shooter, just those kind of um, one percenters, like practicing shots and just practicing my craft. But yeah, I think if I just focus on our team and my pulse team and um, how we develop as a collective, I'm pretty sure at least I feel like those one percenters will shine through and I'm sure I'll see some sort of development in those areas. But yeah, I guess it's just taking it day at a time and um, I'm hoping to improve slightly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be watching uh, this year with interest Tiana Maturo. She is part of the Central Pulse and they are two from four this year and uh, they've had a pretty tough win and a tight win that'll go a long way to building confidence for the season. So congratulations and all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you, Tiana. Kia ora, thank you. Kia ora. Bye. Kia ora, kia ora. Awesome. Awesome to be able to have a chat to her. And she spoke about fitness. And, and when you talk to all the black, uh, the silver ferns, fitness is always the number one thing that comes out of their mouth the first time because obviously of Dame Nolene Tauroa with how hard she uh, she trains them and things like that. It reminds me of Gordon Titchens, eh? Every time you hear from someone that's been part of a set to set up, they always go back to the fitness, the grind, the hard work. And uh, I've uh, yeah, no, Dame Nolan Total, she is definitely like that. So that was that was awesome. Love that little interview, Kim. Yeah, it's a re- it's a real level of um, getting stuck into the players when you know they may may not have their feet on the ground. Is you just get them back out there and mm. and put them through the through the ringer and and get some fitness into them as long as it's you know not going to be to the detriment of the rest of the week. But I can see lo- still a lot of coaches would do that these days. Um, you know, yeah. there's nothing like taking the breath out of someone and saying, mate, you're actually here to do a job, not like get your head Did out of the clouds. Did you do that, Oh, 100. Did you get every, them right on in the, the, early, in the pool? In the, Monday, in the, out there, in the, the early line. days, in the early days, because that's what I was. I was the head trainer there for, for the first couple of years at the Warriors, and one of the things I said to Daniel Anderson when he um, hired me as his assistant coach was he asked me for my um, philosophy on, on what we thought we needed uh, to get the Warriors to win. And I said, mate, we can play. I said, every Kiwi can play football. I said, they've got skills coming out the back end and back end of themselves, you know what I mean? But the problem that we have is we can't last 80 minutes. So what we're going to do mm-hmm. on this side is we're just going to get them fit. And the boys will tell you, Monty will tell you, like, they just trained, mate. You know, like, they were getting flogged week in, week out. But the difference was we made it real fun. Like you know, introduced con, um, con games and made them just deliver their skills and 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 react under pressure and stuff like that. Um, but like when when Tiana was just saying there, if they had their heads in the cloud, mate, they were straight out there on the pitch. Like get out, mm-hmm. right? Let's go. You know, and if they and if they blew up, I remember Francis Malley mate came back to training one day, <laughs> and they're doing Californians. You know, like so. 
they were they were flogged and and they used to all wear heart rate monitors in. We never had um, GPS at that stage, and we'd take heart rate monitors and we'd and we'd judge sort of you know how's their heart rate going? Have we had them up long enough? You know, are they getting fitter? You know, just like horses. And um, he came back and he threw his heart rate monitor at me on the ground. Like he walked up to me and he and the boys were handing me the heart rate monitor. They knew like don't piss the coaches off, and he just threw his on the ground like. And I sort of I'm like that bloke like. What do you think I am? Like your slave? You do you think you expecting me to pick? I, and I gave him that look. Like, do you think do you think I'm going to pick that up? And the boys all looked at me, and I said, "Get back on the line." And they just mate, they all looked at him, and he he ran to his heart rate monitor. He said, "I'm sorry, keeper. Here it is. Here it is." Here. <laughs> and I went, "Nah, get back on the line." <laughs> so it's sort of a real leveler, you know, when you when you're taking people's breath away. It puts everybody on the same level. Honestly, Kempi, you have gone soft in your old age, mate, because you've given Joe how many chances to have you a rundown and a coffee here in the morning, and you haven't put him back on the line yet. I'm uh, waiting for it to happen. Uh, lo- I'm still waiting for the hit-ups. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the hit-ups. I, yeah, know, the red trap. What you guys don't realise is I really like the kid. I think, I think Joe's a really, really outstanding kid. Get back on the line, Joe. Some great texts on double eight, double three. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Great messages on racing. The Queen Elizabeth Stakes this weekend. Back in a minute. Yep, there's nothing sweeter than heading across the ditch and beating up the Aussies on their own turf. And that's exactly what our star sprinter Wahine have just done at the Australian Track and Field Championships, taking home four gold medals in the 100, 200, 400 and 4x100 relay. For Zoe Hobbs, it was more success in 22 after earlier in the year she smashed her own New Zealand record in the 100 metres. Zoe has been kind enough to join us this morning on SENZ. Morena, Zoe. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Oh, n- no worries, no worries. It's good to have someone from Taranaki on any time of the, any time of the week. You must be happy with the, with the year so far. Zoe, just take us through it. Yeah, it's been a pretty big season so far um, and leading into a pretty big year but um, had a bit of a breakthrough this year in terms of dropping my time down quite a bit and yeah managed to successfully carry that through till the end um, as the Aussie champs as well so yeah I'm pretty happy with how it's all gone and hopefully just keep dropping that down um, throughout the rest of the year. Nice, so yeah, what are the, what are the little things that you've been able to do in your training or, or your running style or little you know bits of detail that you've been able to do that have helped you you know get your times down to where you want to be? Um, I think a big thing that I learnt last year was to ironically slow things down to speed things up. So an old focus that I used to have, like going into a speed session, would be just to go. 110% and the focus of the speed session would just be to run fast and then my technique secondary to that. I've sort of switched my um, frame of mind now to like focusing on the technique before the speed so that I can work on these small minute changes in training so that when it comes to racing, they just become autopilot. So I think a yeah. big thing that's changed there has been my technique and making those changes slowly through through training. And then I think it's also just having an awesome team around me, um, James Mortimer, my coach, and Simon Chatterton, my strength and conditioning coach, as well as my physio, Livy Wilson, has been a great team this year and kept me in one piece and worked together on building a really good training program. Hey, hey Zoe, just 
on your schedule, like you know, you've you've got all these um, Trans Tasman races that you're racing in. I've seen you in the Indoor Champs, um, and also you've got some goals that you want to achieve. Just take us through your schedule, say over the next couple of years. What do you, what do you plan to do in the next two, 24 months? Uh, in the next 24 months, so this year will be um, Oceania Champ and I'm aiming towards World Champ and the Commonwealth Games. And then next year will be another World Indoors, so it'll be another good crack at running that 60 metre, which this year I was pretty inexperienced with. So hopefully leading into that one, can get a little bit more uh, race experience before going into the major. And then there's another World Champ outdoors and then obviously leading into Paris. So Paris was the big one for me. Um, yeah, that's where my eyes are kind of set long term. And then beyond that, more Commonwealth Games, World Champs and future Olympics as well. Beautiful, beautiful. A nice solid plan uh, in place for you going forward, Zoe. Hey, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your your, your best is 11.15 in the 100 metres. I'm looking at yep. some stats online. Elaine Thompson, hurrah, she's run a 10.54. So is that is that like yep. a huge gap? Or do you do you feel like you could um, you know, chip away at that over the next couple of 24 months, like Kempi's alluded to, and get to the, to the sub-10s? What would that take and what would that mean for you to get into the 10s? Yeah, it'd be huge for me. Like, I think any sprinter who could reach that feat, that's like a iconic kind of uh, time stamp. Mm. And if you're capable of doing that, then, you know, like I said, it's massive. But in terms of, like, where Elaine is and I am, there's quite a big gap there. But I yeah. am hopeful that I can keep chipping away and dropping my time. Um, like, over mm. the years, I've consistently managed to chip away at my own personal best and drop it to where it is now. And I hope that it keeps moving in that direction. Yeah. And I think even this season, I knew what I was capable of. And although like I ran well, I think it has been a little bit uh, sort of disappointing in some senses, like even at Aussie Champs, because I know what I'm capable of, but it's just putting that down. And um, like the Aussie Champs, if I could have gone in fresh, had I not traveled, then I think I potentially mm. could have gone faster. But, um, yeah, I think just yeah. Next uh, over the next couple of months. <laughs> oh, yeah, v- very. Hey, Izzy. Uh, Zoe says that anything in the tens is like is pretty iconic. It, but a little eleven point one or thereabouts is. Oh, I mean, someone that's pretty slow. That seems pretty iconic. Just around that number, Zoe. I don't know if you remember uh, Daggy as a rugby player at all. Um, pretty quick on his feet, especially prime. <laughs> like I'm thinking, you know, early Crusaders da- days. Like, I've he, jumped he, the gun he here, was, and he's he going to embarrass me. He was pretty. He was pretty nimble. Just give me your gut. Give me your gut. Do you think it's possible that in year thirteen at Lindisfarne College, seventh form, Izzy and Barefoot, Be- Barefoot would have been able to run eleven point one seconds for a hundred? Um, yeah, if it was hand times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was definitely hand stopwatch. He wasn't official. See, there you go. It did, Louis. Uh, okay, that's fine. So, and downwind, do you reckon? <laughs> oh, I didn't see downwind. Hey, Zoe. On he was the, gale force. He was gale force. Uh, uh, as, he, as he, you know, he just wanted to you know, let us know how quick he really was. We saw how quick he was with an all-black jersey on. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't go too bad. But just tell us a little bit about the, the competition, um, Zoe, that you have out there. You know, is it is it 
something that's too far away or you dead set believe in your heart that one day you will be standing on that podium as the world's best, broken that 10.5 or whatever it is to get there? Um, yeah, like I said, I think 10.5 is uh, quite a way away at the moment from where I am, um, seeing how things go in a couple of years. But I do believe that I'm capable of running sub-11, so we'll take that first step first and then see yeah. where it takes me. Awesome, awesome. You've got to have that belief and determination. You've got that and you've shown that over the last couple of months. You've been running extremely well and uh, congratulations from what unfolded over in Australia and all the best for the next 24 months. We um, appreciate you coming on the show and sharing those little goals and things that are motivating you for the next uh, couple of months. So all the best, Zoe Hobbs. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.